0: Welcome to Good Returns TV. My next guest is from Australia. Born in New Zealand, but from Australia. Andrew Inwood, the uh, CEO of Core Data in Sydney, and you do a lot of research in New Zealand and Australia.
1: Yeah, for the past decade we've been working hard in New Zealand, understanding the markets, the consumers and the financial advice industry and the insurance and banking as well, but mostly advice.
0: Yeah, yeah. And tell me, how do you you know, how does the New Zealand advice sector compare to, say, Australia?
1: It's quite interesting because New Zealand is uh, it's kind of bicameral, right? It's, it's more advanced in some areas and a long way behind in other areas. Certainly has had an, and nothing like the scrutiny that the Australian market has had. So there's a lot of regulatory interference in the Australian market, which has d- driven some perverse outcomes, but some really good outcomes. If you look at the cost of, of New Zealand advice, it's still relatively more expensive than Australia. Cost of insurance, particularly the amount that goes to advisors, is still significantly more than in Australia. So in some ways, the New Zealand market's really attractive to people in that space. But of course, there's the normal constraints of size and penetration and all those things which people have to deal
0: with. Yeah. So, so it is expensive? Yeah. Yeah. So like, can you quantify that?
1: Well, it's hard Sorry, to be I'm completely hard. accurate. But in my case, I mean, I have an advisor in New Zealand and an advisor in Australia. As you pointed out, my family's from New Zealand. I'm a Papakura boy. But uh, um, so my, my personal advice advisor in New Zealand is probably four times more expensive than my advisor in Australia. And I certainly have more funds under management in Australia. The, the kind of service communication and push is possibly a little bit weaker in New Zealand, although we have very much an index play in New Zealand. So we're probably asking for that to be cheaper. But there's a really interesting way that that price competition and regulation and deep scrutiny by the government has meant that advisor fees are heavily scrutinized and have been really compressed in Australia. So people are trying to find margin in other places, which is an interesting outcome. And, and what economists would call a perverse outcome of regulation. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Do, do you think... Um... This will mean that we're pressured to drive down fees in New Zealand or the cost of advice?
1: I don't really know is the answer, and I hesitate from saying uh, anything about that because the constraints and pressures on what is a pretty flexible and malleable time in the government aren't really focused on advice on this country. We haven't seen the mis-selling scandals and we haven't seen the blast radius of some of the things that have happened in Australia. So people have been able to preserve their margins. So I don't think this is a government focus. Remember in Australia, we had um, the Cooper Review, the Banking Royal Commission, and this current government is really working hard to reform the superannuation industry, which is looking not at price now, but at service. And, and it's, it's a challenging piece that people have tried to have both of those things at the same time.
0: So we've probably been quite lucky in New Zealand that we haven't had the, the, the government getting really heavily scrutinizing advice.
1: But that? Is that I don't know if it's luck. I mean, that's probably going too far. Narrow markets have kind of interesting outcomes. There's There's been a lot of um, uh, forcing of behaviours in Australia beyond the nudges and the way which compulsion has worked in savings and superannuation where there's some really interesting, really positive outcomes. Of it. And we're in the, what I think is the kind of tertiary stage of the superannuation industry where it stopped being about fees and it's stopped being about performance and it's starting to become about service. So if you think about what's happened there in the 1992, I think uh, mandated superannuation became law it was part of a thing in the Campbell report, which came out in 81. And then, it, then it's been going up and up and up ever since now, they starting to become some really interesting sums of money in that space. So I think it's about 4.9 trillion of stored dollars in Australia. So that starts to change the way in which it's working. People are, on average at the moment, are retiring with about $200,000 in their private superannuation books, which is really meaningful. The government's now put a cap on that uh, at $1.3 million because I think it acts as a little bit like middle-class um, tax avoidance, and it does to a certain extent. But if you map it forward, by 2040, $1.3 million under the current regime will be the ordinary amount of retirement, so they're capping it for, for ordinary people. So there is some really interesting... So. Those kind of compulsions and pressures the government put on have had some perverse outcomes in, in storing money and people, as they do, trying to game that system. But they've also meant that there's a large number of people retiring, much wealthier. I mean, that hasn't. there's no compulsion here yet. There's some opportunities but not compulsion. So those kind of nudges are interesting, but they're not as, as effective.
0: Yeah, so compulsion, your view on that here? Is that something they should do? I guess you're saying no.
1: Well, no, I'm not... I'm not saying no this is a really interesting way in which um in which um people can think about this This and this is a kind of a a twin the twin ideas in kind of capitalism if you like and there's the kind of what you would call the kind of soft left capitalism where they try and and, um have compulsion and do the best and people would criticize that and call, call that the nanny state and that's happening a bit in the uk happening a bit here happening a, a bit in Australia, it happens a lot in the, in the Scandinavian countries. Then you get the kind of German system where the Germans just say, what we're going to do is just create a really incredibly effective competition and then and then drive, out, let, then let the best one succeed. Yeah. So what happens is the kind of nanny state, and, and I'm not criticizing it, but that kind of socio-left capitalism works for a large number of people for for a time, but it creates a big cost base, an enormous cost base. Whereas the German model of this kind of Kind of manic competition creates really highly effective outcome. There's some really, really interesting research about this. If you look at the states which are hyper successful in the US, they're the ones with the German immigrants, the Protestant immigrants. So it's the ones that were kind of less successful are the ones with the Catholic immigrants. So it's it's quite oh, that's clear quite, that's and fascinating.
0: Quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. really interesting. And you're also in Auckland um, to talk at the FSC conference, and you talk about um, consumer confidence and how do we build that into, into um, financial services.
1: Yeah, the confidence in financial services here is still pretty good, although it's starting to soften, and it's softening for fairly obvious reasons. The post-COVID economy here has been um, been challenging. The government's faced into uh, um, uh, all sorts of pressures. There's not only economic pressures, there's meteorological pressures and genealogical pressures uh, uh, and his- historical pressures that are facing this country. So the pressures are really significant. The, kind of the depth of the economy isn't there to support it. It doesn't have the deep manufacturing place like the South of America, or it doesn't have the highly co- low cost, highly flexible worth ghosts like Southeast Asia. So it's got this kind of mix of cultures which are out, which makes it really constraining. Trusting government has to be absolute at a time like that. And that's wobbling a bit in the post Jacinda era. I'm not here to criticize Jacinda, my opinions of that are kind of well published and, and well thought through. So. We can talk about that perhaps some other time, but trying to get the talent back into the government and to get really positive decision-making done becomes really important. There's been some signals recently, and they're very well publicised, about changes in taxation structure, which create more confusion than certainty, and we need to think that through. Yeah, so it's actually about making some decisions about those things rather than just talking about them? It's about making... Confidence comes from a couple of things. So there's really really important piece of research we started in the middle of, uh, of the 1970s, which talks about how how confidence is built. And this benevolence, compliance, or authenticity, and predictability, the four big integers. Benevolence, are they interested in my happiness? Compliance, do, do they comply with the law? Are they trustworthy, essentially? Authenticity is pretty simple. It's are they who they say they are? Do they do what they say they're going to do? And predictability is how do they behave under pressure? Now, a lot of those integers you would say at the moment are pretty wobbly. And so that causes this moment for anyone who's a human to start to pause and think, "Well, hang on a second, these people mightn't be who they say they are." and that that stops confidence from building.
0: So so that's really interesting, but then how do you then build more confidence back into the into the financial system here?
1: There's some really interesting pieces of work around that done around the world. And the Europeans are particularly good at that. And particularly the Nordic states, when you think of the, and the near Nordics, where they they publish what they're going to do, and then they do it. And when they change their mind, they simply change their mind. And they say, we changed their mind. That doesn't work anymore. We're doing this differently. And I hesitate to go on about the Germans, but they were very good at that. Uh, Under Olaf Scholz, they published this thing with Schwarzenau, Black Zero. Every year we raise a billion dollars, we spend a billion dollars. And that's the way we do it, because we're in debt, right? At, at post, the, post the Second World War, we're in debt. Post the reunification of Germany, we're in debt. Um, facing into the GFC, we're in debt. So we raise a billion, we spend a billion, and that's what we do. So they this idea that they that they produced a account, set of accounts like a small business where it was black zero every year. Um, they realized that they'd run out of people, that, they, that their inflation problems were rising because they run out of people. And they said, remember how it was hard to become a German citizen? Now it's not. We're taking a million people. And they did it, you know, and and it was pretty confronting to Germany and they did it. And now at the, during COVID, they said, um, uh, we're abandoning Black Zero. We have a bazooka of cash, which we've got in reserve to spend to do it. And they just published it and the Trump said, it's gone. It's over. That time is over. And the Germans have this kind of interesting phrase, which is, "Wir schaffen das, which means we're German, we can cope. And one of the things that I would constantly say to people about New Zealand, and all well, New Zealand's in trouble, so you never write off the Kiwis, mate. Seriously, just never write them off, right? Yeah. They're pretty resilient. They get on with stuff. They're hardworking. They're intelligent. They're, you know, the Scottish folk, the Islanders are unbelievably resilient, so you wouldn't write them off. It's going to be a pretty tricky three years, but you'd never write them off.
0: Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Well, we'll leave it there. We're at, at time. So thank you for coming into the studio, Andrew, and and, and um, it's great to see you.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, cheers. Thank you.